Hello and welcome to another episode of the Geekery Radio Hour. I'm Doug. And I'm Kaylin. And this is episode 56. 57. 56. Really? Yeah. Oh, we had to redo this. Yeah, 56. This is take two. This is 56B. <laughs> this is a... Take two. A frequent occurrence. It happened once before. Yeah. But that episode came out terrible, so... Not on my part for once. No, I don't know what was wrong. My audio was terrible. I, don't know. I had to scrap it. I couldn't I couldn't work around it. It just wasn't salvageable. No. So and then we just both of us I think were just really busy. Yeah. So like we just couldn't it's the summer and like vacations and you're helping out with mm-hmm. whoever else is on a vacation. I think you were covering literally I think like, that I couldn't do it the next day because I had that surgery. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, maybe it was the week before, but I don't know. I just I couldn't yeah, do it. It just has everything has been June's been a fucking real month. It's Man. been a real year, June. <laughs> so how have you been? I've been really good. Just, like I said, extremely busy recently. Mm-hmm. How You're about you? fresh home from a trip mere yep. minutes ago. Me and Doug's wife just got back from a bachelorette party weekend mm-hmm. up in the Poconos, which we had this beautiful rental like on a lake. It was really good. It was yeah. a good time. I had book club this weekend equally as exciting how yes. was it it was good we had a pretty good turnout there was about eight people i think six seven people is something it, like that is it strange what? that i no, i think remembering. more people show up when i don't yeah it was it's wild like the it, weirdest thing that was the bummer is like with you and liz missing out on this month's book club mm-hmm. that would have been like two more people that would have been there and <laughs> jubilee just wanted to say hello guys yeah hi jubilee um, but we had a, a really nice turnout, and the book got a really good review. Really? Yeah. Book what was this one again? Akira, volume Akira. one. Akira, okay. And it ended up getting an 8.5. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's one of our highest rated so far. I think I'll have to, like, give it a shot. But the real problem with book club started beforehand. So okay. Liz was away, mm-hmm. so I needed to make sure that the dog was taken care of because I went to work at the shop all day. Yes. So then I'm like, well, if book club starts at 6.30 and the store closes at 6, I can walk home because mm-hmm. my scooter was dead also. Oh, good So Lord. my scooter was on charge at home. So I'm like, well, if I go home, I can let the dog out, feed her, feed the cats, mm-hmm. do that whole thing, then hop on the scooter and go down the block back yeah. to the shop. So I get home, and I remember you left your car here, Mm because Liz drove our car to the Poconos. So I get here, and I'm like, oh, I could just take Kaylin's car back up to the shop and save myself some time and spend some more time with the dog. Okay. So I was sitting here, I let her out, I fed her, I let her out again, and then Mm -hmm. I went to get in your car, started it up, drove up to the Walgreens, grabbed some water and some snacks for book club. Okay. I get back to the store, and... um. One of our new attendees was there, and I handed him the water, and I was like, oh, could you carry this in for me? And he's like, yeah, no problem, because I had, like, bags and the oh, stuff God. and the book and the, you know, like, I was yeah. balancing all sorts of crap. So I get back to the door to open it, and I realize all I had was your keys. <laughs> no. And I'm like, how do I only have your keys? I forgot my keys at home. Mm-hmm. But I have my AirPods in my ears, and my yeah. AirPods are the key, they're on my keys, usually. So oh. I guess I figured I had them because my AirPods were playing a podcast. Gotcha. Because I figured I was in your car. I didn't want to, like, change anything or whatever. Oh, so I, I just had my not you know. Yeah, so you could have. I get to the store and I'm like, God damn it. I forgot the keys <laughs> at the house. So I'm like, listen, I'm so sorry. Please understand, I truly live up the street. Like, it's yeah. not far at all. I have to go get the keys to the shop. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back to your car now in the parking lot. And I see Suzanne and JP pull up for book club. Mm-hmm. And I said... I mean, Suze, you're second in command at this point. Liz isn't here. Kaylin's not here. Mm-hmm. You're second in command, dude. Like, yeah. you've been to the most book clubs. So I, I have to agree. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go over there and just, like, greet the people as they show up. And yeah. I'm going to get my keys. And she's Tell like, okay. Tell it's still happening. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay. Oh, so wow. I ran back home, grabbed the keys, and I... I want to say I opened the door at 6.35. Like, so oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Good. So we, you know, settled in. Before I left the shop, I set up book club. So I had, like, the chairs oh, in a circle and all that good that's stuff. That's perfect, least. too. Which is half yeah. the battle, really. Like, getting sure everybody's comfortable. But, um, seat. We had a pretty decent seat. turnout. And um, for our first manga, especially. Yeah. You know. Eight people, that's a lot. Yeah, that's it was pretty good. Us. Is that the most we've had? It might be. Maybe Frendo was really attended. Frendo was heavily attended, so, so maybe maybe they're tied. Yeah, I think Sandman, our next, I think our next month book club is going to be the biggest one. 
Because the show, right? Where we're kind of like looking forward to the show. We're slowly meeting more and more people that are coming in and they're like, I didn't know you had a book club. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, I've never read Sandman either. And it's Mm -hmm. on everybody's like to read list. I'm also really excited about this. I don't know why. I I have a really stupid reason why I think I am. Mm -hmm. Because we made that joke about Adam Sandler being the Sandman. (laughs) So now there's like heavy name recognition. And I'm like, well, now I really want to see what this is about. I want to see the Sandman. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have a really funny story, too, uh, that involves you, the Bachelorette Party Weekend, and Suze. Oh, no. So it was like very confusing because Liz had made shirts for all of us to wear on like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever night to take pictures in. And um, there was like uh, like a flamingo wrapped one, and it had my name on it. Mm-hmm. And Liz is, Liz told me at first that you had wrapped it, and I was like, oh okay. I thought really in my head that you had wrapped my bachelorette shirt mm-hmm. as it just to be a jerk or something. Like I don't know. I'm like, though? okay, sure. Uh-huh. And the whole time I'm like. Uh, Liz was putting out the shirts when we first got there to kind of like decorate. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, should I go get my shirt? And she's like, no, that's a different shirt. And I'm like, wait, what shirt is it? Yeah. So then I'm like the whole weekend, I literally didn't open it until we were on our way back today. Uh-huh. And it was the apron. It's the apron. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time I thought it was a shirt. Like a first I think you're a weirdo and you wrapped a random like my uh-huh. bachelorette party shirt. And then I just thought you wrapped an- another shirt. I'm like, what fucking shirt is this? No. Literally totally forgot about the whole apron thing. Oh. And then I was like, duh. Like, Suze obviously wrapped this. Yeah. Like, Suze did. That's, like, something Suze would do. Like, yeah. not just give me the apron back no. that she stitched for me, which, thank you, Suze. But also, like, wrap it in, like, a fun wrapping uh-huh. paper. So. Yeah, it was, like, presentable as a gift for your brother. Like, ready to go, basically. Oh, I ripped it up. Other than, yeah. <laughs> um, Whoops. So you guys had a good trip? Uh, yes. I... I'm sure there's some sort of, like, what happened in Vegas, stayed in Vegas kind of rules. That's, like, immediately, like, what my thought is. is Like, I don't really want to put too much on air. We had a beautiful house. We had a really fun time. I am tired as fuck. The only complaint, really, about the the Airbnb is the beds felt like that they were made out of hard cardboard. Like, it was hard, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, like comfortable horror there's kind of always like, got to be something like it was a beautiful house I on a beautiful so. lake so yeah the beds are uncomfortable like, Dude, like what i'm telling you like liz and i and i i snore you know this so her and no, i shared a really? bed yeah like i snore like a fucking wildebeest uh-huh. so i'm sure she, her <laughs> sleep was shit too but like we just didn't get good quality sleep for two nights so yeah. i feel like a little bit of a zombie right now that's really rough but you know what we're going through it we're here doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like I sound more alive than when I'm actually in bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we could do this. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm glad you guys had a good time. I read a really good book yesterday, if you want to hear me talk about that. Yeah, shoot. It comes out this week. And um, it's called The Meanest... Hang on, let me get the picture. <laughs> the Mystery of the Meanest Teacher. Okay. It's a young... It's like a, it's a kid's, basically, graphic novel written sure. by Ryan North and Derek Charm, who did the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl series. Okay. And then I believe they took over Jughead as well after Chip Zdarsky left the series. Did they do Time Police? No, no. That was Derek Charm did the art for Time Police. Okay. Yes. But Cine Grace wrote that one. And um, this is a Johnny Constantine story. So instead of Constantine, it's Constantine when he was a child, basically. Oh, wow. And he's like this little punk kid who thinks he's the only one who knows how to do magic. Very cool. instead of being called the Hellblazer, he's called the Heckblazer. Oh, my God. It's the dumbest thing. It's so funny. I read the whole thing yesterday, and it's like... It's definitely being written for kids, but it, it is enjoyable as someone who just like is slightly familiar with this character mm-hmm. and can get the I love the stuff silliness like that. Of... Like I really enjoy when shows and books do like a child version. <clears throat> Speaking of the Muppet show, the Muppet Babies was like this a is lot of fun, absolutely I think, right? Constantine Babies, yeah. basically. It's Zatanna who's like a another witch magician kind of character in the DC universe also okay. teams up with him. At some point, and, she, and they're she's like also like a little yes, like they're kid. like sixth okay. graders who go to this school together, and he 
he ends up having to come because he's usually English. He he ha- ends up having to come to America to go to boarding school. Oh wow! Because he's hiding out from some ghosts that, that he enraged. That seems like a really shitty um, side of the coin. Yeah, like I would I would have loved to go to boarding school overseas, a, but like coming to boarding school in America. A group sounds of like demons so trick shitty. him into thinking it's his best option to survive because oh these ghosts God. are after him, <laughs> and he's trying to basically scam having. Like, he messes up something for the mm-hmm. ghosts, and he's, like, he's gonna lay low and hide out from them, and then these demons trick him, basically, into going to boarding school in America, because they can't stand him. really funny. So, yeah, he thinks he's the only one who can really do magic, <laughs> and he accidentally does magic in front of Zatanna, oh, and so she catches she... it, and she's like, wait, you can do magic, too? So they end up, like... So, Zatanna, she is American-based, Yes, then? yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he ends up going to school, it's, it's set in, like... I think it's set in Salem. Okay. In like, you in know, present Massachusetts. Day or, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely a present day kind of thing. Cause yeah. there's this one panel where he's playing like Nintendo Switch and stuff like that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. But the series was so great. That, not series, this graphic novel. It was so great. I hope that they do more and I can't recommend this enough. It was a lot of fun. And okay. I think it's fun Wait, for like you think that anyone. They, you want them to do <clears throat> more Constantine, or do you want them to do it for oh, no. more characters? More of this okay. exact series. I think that this works Just, so like, well. Just keep introducing like younger versions of yeah, the characters. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think that'd be a lot of and fun. What, what was it called again? It was it called Strange The name. Mystery of the Meanest Teacher, a Johnny Constantine story. The mystery is the teacher a big part of this? Yeah, that's okay. like the they're set up this whole like thing with that. I'm trying not to give too many spoilers. All right, fair enough. That's like fair the enough. actual plot of the story. The first. Couple pages is what I basically like. I actually, I really do have to stop at your shop mm-hmm. soon because I got to pick up quite a few things. I have to pick up next uh, next book club book. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to now. I kind of want to pick up Akira too, or maybe I'll put it on. Um, oh, what's that app called? Hoopla. It's not on there. It's not. No. It was a pain. Well, Akira, it anyway, one of the interesting things that we kind of learned and talked about together on Book Club is that this book being from 1982 and mm-hmm. already being a Japanese comic, yeah. it has been translated Wait, multiple... Yes. 82? Yes. Wow. That's when the first stuff was being created for okay. this series. It ran for six volumes into... I think it ran for about ten years. Wow. And that's amazing. It's been translated and retranslated a couple of times and rebound. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of different versions of it that are circling around with different dialogue translations and stuff. Okay. And apparently the movie came out before the series even finaled, so it has a different ending. Oh. And it covers different content too. Okay. In book club, we kind of discussed the potential of reading volume two. Oh, coming okay. up like this is a book right, that we so may follow I sh- further I should really buy it so yeah i would recommend okay. being prepared to tackle a little bit more of this because it okay. really it sparked a lot of good conversation mm-hmm. and a lot of interest also okay cool so we're we think we may be tackling that one down the road very cool it'll be our second book to too. go into sequel and now i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna thumb through uh baby constantine yeah it's a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of fun I do like that, especially when it's like cartoonish kids. Uh-huh. <clears throat> is it like very sophisticated art, or is it kind of? Oh, it's it's fun. It's okay. fun. It's not like it's not childish. I wouldn't say it's the same. Like I mean, when you read Jughead, it's this. It's the exact same art style. Derek Charm. Okay. He has a niche. He has like his own style, and yeah. he it 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 is it shines through in everything that he does. Like it's very. Okay. Linear, his art, I you do, know? I do remember liking his art. Yeah. I do remember it. It was a lot of fun. Especially... Especially the portal and I was going to say, yep. in that scene where then now he's drawing all the different mm-hmm. versions of Jughead from yep. all the different eras and styles and yeah, I all the different takes. But they still can absolutely all exist in the... Th- you know, like, together, mm-hmm. in a way, because yeah. they all were created by him. Yeah. And different personalities, too. Yeah. All right, let's go to our first song. And then when we come back, we're going to have an interview with friend of the shop, John Rafferty. Excellent.
Some of me could see that coming too The house of a sinner gone, I'll come here too See me alive Okay, so I want to welcome John Rafferty to the podcast. Hey! <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. Last time we spoke on air was a little choppy of a, a Zoom call back when quarantine really was in full full effect. Yes, when COVID first started and all hell was breaking loose. When it was but a young... <laughs> it was a wee virus. <laughs> it's nice to feel like we're maybe on the other side of this thing now. Says you. <laughs> You've had your shots, <laughs> but I'm still waiting. <laughs> so now you've been like a pretty active reader for quite some time now. Yeah, you've come back after a small hiatus. Yep. Um, I started reading in I want to say sixty four, nineteen sixty four, um, back when actually it's probably the end of sixty three. Comics were still ten cents. Uh-huh. They did the shift in November '63. Um, in December, I, I remember. And I remember this because my father looked at me and said, "You're only going to get eight books this month, I'm like, this week." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess a bubble gum, right?" <laughs> but um, so I remember ten cent comics, and I worked my way up through 10, 12 cent comics, and. I was probably in my, I remember getting out for a while, and when I was in high school, I got back in because we had a, a reading period in high school, mm-hmm. a Catholic high school in Manhattan, 
and you had one period where you had to sit and read. So I'd go to the the newsstand and I bought some comic books. Um, that's when I really got into it. It was 1973, and September 1973 is when this book came out. Um, 64 pages, ads, and everything. A uh, bunch of characters that had been around. Well, some of them had been around since the early 60s. Uh, one of them had been had premiered in Hulk at the time, and the rest of them were pretty new. Uh, Nightcrawler, uh, Storm, Cyclops. Oh, sorry, not Cyclops. Uh, Colossus. Uh, as I said, Wolverine had already premiered. I think I heard of these guys. I'm sure you've all heard of them. (laughs) But that was, like, coming back into comics was right at that time where um, Claremont and and Cockrum and Byrne and um, Neil Adams was still around a little bit and he was doing, you know, he he and Denny O'Neill were doing stuff. Marshall Rogers and, um, you know, some of the great, the absolute greats of the time were just getting their, coming into their um, their heyday. Yeah. Um, so I was in it all through college, and then like in 85, I started working in comics. I actually started working in comics. I was working in a comic shop in Staten Island. Um, and I got in at the beginning of the indie comic phase. Mm-hmm. So, first comics, Kamiko, um, Eclipse, um, Slave Labor graphics. I didn't so, know Slave Labor was that old. Yeah, Slave Not Labor. Not to, you know. No, no. Yeah, actually, <laughs> but I am surprised that they were so old. Yeah, they are. They, I mean, that's, it's weird because it was one of, they were really small. Mm-hmm. It was like one or two imprints. Yeah. Um, and they did a few more, and then they just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Which is a shame because some of the stuff they had was phenomenal. Some of it was, eh, you know, uh-huh. it was. It wasn't even indies at the time. Some of them, because the indie, an indie, with true independent comic, they've got backing from somewhere. Uh-huh. You know, whether it's they've got a contract with a uh, a production company or they've got a contract with a major studio or they've got. People are buying their material, mm-hmm. so they've got money coming from somewhere else. They're not just relying on the the, the proceeds from the books. Yeah. So the the artists are actually getting money. When I say artists, I'm talking about the writers, the um, the, the 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 colorists, the full artists, the full creative the, the, the team, the full creative team. You write down right down to the letters. They're getting paid, but they're getting paid not only for the book themselves, but they're getting paid for everything else. Yeah. So, the residual that's coming out of that, whatever residual there is, mm-hmm. is if they've got a license, if they've got a licensing agreement for something, that's going to, that's where the independent is. It's, it's independent in that it's not one of the big ones, the big guys. Yeah. And they still have their own, they stand alone. So, Kamiko and First, so First Comics, which their first really huge book was American Flag. Mm-hmm. So you had Howard Chaikin who was writing the book and he was, he was drawing the book. It was an absolutely glorious book. Um, but it was a truly independent book because it was creator-owned. Yeah. And he had the rights to the character. But First Comics owned the rights to reprints and everything oh, okay. else. Yeah. They owned, once they... It was the, the artist's... The intellectual property mm-hmm. that was owned, but once you sold it to First Comics, they owned the rights to everything else. Yeah. Now you move that forward to today, where we're talking about, you know, creator-owned comics. These independent, what we what we still would refer to as independents, are actually more truly creator-owned. Yeah. They own the rights. They own the rights to the art. They can sell the art. The art doesn't belong to the studio. It doesn't belong to the the company. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have rights to say, well, we want to hold on to this piece or this piece or this piece. Um, so it's truly creator-owned as opposed to the old days where 
you know, if they wanted, if the company wanted to hold on to stuff, mm-hmm. they they could. So anyway, back to what I was saying. It's so you've got the first comics, you've got Kamiko, you've got, but you had all these incredible artists that you never saw before. So you had Dan Day, who's doing Aztec Ace mm-hmm. for Eclipse. Uh, you had uh, Will Musino, who's writing like DNA ag- DNA agents. Now Will Musino is writing writes a comics column right now, but he writes a bunch of comics history. Yeah. Um, but you saw you saw everybody would do this. Marshall Rogers at the time he'd done work for DC. He was doing he did some well, he did a lot of work for DC, but he put this book out for Eclipse called The Foozle, which was just this, it was like a bird, but it wasn't really a bird. It was kind of a, a it was a nose with wings. It, it was really a, a strange character, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But they were all creator owned. The, 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 when the character when they left the company. There was nobody else who was going to pick it up after them. It wasn't like Tony Isabella and Trevor Glen Eden created Black Lightning, and they um, when they created Black Lightning and they started writing it, and they left the book and you know DC just gave it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. The, the book, the stuff didn't go with them, and as the book continued, they got no nothing from it. Yeah, until. Went to t- went to television, and all of a sudden they're getting a creator credit, mm-hmm. which is was very nice. You know, it's nice to see that the creators are now getting the credits. Yeah. Um, but what's even nicer is the way DC and the CW are doing it. They're getting creator credits in the front. So you, if you watch the shows, you see they're crediting like, they credit Tony Isabella and. Uh, Trevor Van Eden, right in the front. Yeah, it's not so, buried, you know. You're not watching the movie, and you've got to sit through eight minutes of credits to see, yeah. we want to thank, and they give you a list of all the people who ever drew or wrote yeah. the Avengers. Yeah. To see that Roy Thomas, who wrote the Kree scroll War, is getting credited like three and a half hours later. In like .8 font. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a, like, yeah. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. That's the killer because, you know, these guys should be getting credited up front. They, yeah. This is, there should actually be a panel in the front saying, these are the people who created these books. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... Anybody who's read anything that I've ever written about comics, and I... Back when I worked at the, in the comic shop on Staten Island, which is... That was uh, the fantastic story that became Jim Handler's universe, which is now JHU. Sorry, I'm you know plugging kind of, <laughs> sort of. But and now I write I write reviews here when I'm not depressed about the fact that I can't do anything uh, because of COVID. <laughs> uh, I'm in full support of the independent comic over DC and over Marvel. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like what they're producing. They produce some beautiful... DC and Marvel are producing some great stuff. Yeah. But they produce some garbage also. Uh-huh. You know, real true. Um, they produce it just because they don't want the character to die because... Mm-hmm. Hey, come on, the Flash is a, is a gold mine, but you know, Joshua Williamson... Can only <laughs> write, all he could write were redemption arcs uh-huh. for, for Wally West. Um, I was wondering if you were going to get a, a barb in there really quick. Of course, well, why not? Let's let's start off. Let's start off with the happy stuff. <laughs> Come on, John. What do you really think? Hey. <laughs> um, but you look at some of the independents that are out there right now, and um, you know. So let's run off a couple of them real quick. You only see them when they're dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you the first look at it, it maybe it's you know you could say, hey, you know that's a riff on the Celestials from from Marvel Comics, but it's so much more yeah. because nobody ever took it anywhere because you see the Celestials they pop up they they just disappear. Mm-hmm. The only time you see anything that refers to a Celestial dying is nowhere. Yeah, this is all about what happens when they die and. People find the bodies, and they mine them, yeah. and they, they get the stuff that they, you know, they get all this incredible stuff because this is the gods, for all intents and purposes. And that's what the stories are about. It's about what you're doing and what happens if you actually find a live one. Uh huh. You know, it's like you know, 
it's the equivalent of, yeah, yeah, we see all these huge sharks out there, but what's going to happen when I find the Meg? Mm-hmm. And then, hey, look, look what I hooked into. It's 270 <laughs> feet long. Uh, that's the story. And they won't tell that story in the, the regular comics. And it's interesting that you point out that one, too, because Al Ewing, who's writing We Only Find Them When They're Dead, is also writing Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So it feels almost like this could be a story he tried to tell with those characters that are well-established, but they won't let... He you brought, know. He's the one who brought in Nowhere. Mm-hmm. The concept of Nowhere. And you know that Marvel Brass stepped on it. Yeah. Because, probably because Eternals was coming. Mm-hmm. And they knew it was coming at some point. They didn't want to do something there yeah. before the story was coming because they were going to step on each other. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because Al Yoni's a great, he's a great writer. Yeah. Um, what else? This week... Uh, sorry, this month we're doing the ink blot is being done for the reading. Yeah, for the book club. Um, I I have screamed about this book. Uh huh. Okay, it's a it's a great um, young adult book. It's a great adult book because it, it deals with young adult themes. Mm-hmm. The, the the witch is starts out as a young adult who's trying to do something because you know she's got a, she's got issues. Everybody's got issues. Deals with her issues. She's trying to deal with her issues with something outside of the norm. And she makes a mistake, as we all do. And now she's trying to correct that mistake. Mm-hmm. But I've been screaming about this, about this book because of the creative team. Yeah. Katie Kubert is just amazing. And it's a lineage. That's a lineage. That goes back 60 years. Yeah. It's that's, amazing that that is just in your bones. Yeah. Like it, in some families. <laughs> You know, Joe Kubert was drawing and writing war comics before I was before I was an itch in daddy's pants. Uh-huh. And from him, you get Adam Kubert. You know, and it, it, the the artwork it, it's so different from his dad's because mm-hmm. his dad's is so it's raw and it's visceral and it's it's real. You you read a World War Two story from his dad. And it's, you feel like you're there because it's, it's blood, guts, and gore. Mm-hmm. His work is so pretty. It's, it's, it's actually, it's pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katie's just, it flows, it's a nice, it's flowery. It's not, it, it's not like her brother's. It's not like I'm sorry, like her dad's. I should say it's not like her grandfather's. Uh-huh. It's it's her own unique style, but you could see her dad's style in there also. Her dad taught her how to pencil. Uh-huh. Her, you know, her uncle taught her how to ink. Her sister sat on her. Her sister's now editing at DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Sat on her and told her, "No, no, you need to do this and this and this." You could see what she learned. Yeah, and she also went to granddad's school. Uh huh. She's a graduate. She did postgraduate work at Granddad's school, so she also teaches at the Kubert School. Yeah. She and she's just phenomenal. She can do it all. She can write as well. And she has written some stuff for DC. But I'm just saying. So, but she's doing this indie book because it's an idea that wouldn't fly at DC and it mm-hmm. wouldn't fly at Marvel. Yeah. So, the indies are where they go. When you can't put the book in in the the mainstream, because it's not going to fly. Yeah. Um, even you know some of the stuff that's out there that's going into the into the mainstream that's going into these indies now. Um, Tynion is doing a horror book. Yeah. Coming up now, but he's been doing Wind for six months. Mm-hmm. Well, for, for now, I guess nine months because it was a two month hiatus. Yeah. The thing is, this book is—it's beautiful. It's glorious. His writing is phenomenal, and it—it just—it grabs you and Mm -hmm. threads you along. If it was a text, if it was a text story, this would be—you know—this would be optioned for movies immediately. Uh How they would do it, I have no idea. It's beautiful. This show, um, at times when we talk about James Tanyan's work, it turns into just like the—I don't know—the love hour for him. 
He seems like he's just one of the most versatile writers right now. He's killing it on Batman. His Something is Killing the Children is a phenomenal story. So good. I cannot wait for, I think it's called A Nice House on the Lake. The Nice House on the Lake? The, the Nice House on the Lake. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw the title. He's got very house. wordy titles. <laughs> yeah, wind is a real wordy title. Yeah, well. <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you learn English? Like, I had just gotten in an order of trade paperbacks a couple of weeks ago, and we restocked the TMNT Batman series. And I looked, and I was like, holy shit, he wrote these too. I yes, couldn't believe. Like, just... His name feels like it's on everything that's, you know, kind of got some heat behind it, too. That people yeah. love that crossover series. As silly as it was at times, it was great. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, the great thing was that the guy who, I, I don't know who drew it, mm-hmm. but he had that, that Kevin Eastman feel Yes. It. it really had that yeah. that, that early Eastman feel to yes. it. Yes. Um, Homage, also, versus, like, just a hard, like, rip right. off, you know? Like, yeah, it was definitely, definitely. It was, like, it was just the feel. Yeah. But it was it was so cool. It really was. The I think it was the the third. It was the third series that they, where they had the Joker. It was a Joker type character. Yeah. But oh, and it was and it was. It was almost like he was doing it from. And now now I'm going to show how how much of a geek I am. All right. So Earth Three's Joker is the jokester, and the jokester is a hero. But uh-huh. the jokester. It doesn't really look like it doesn't look like the Joker of Earth One or Earth Two because the Joker, the Jokester of Earth Three, is you know, he's actually kind of embellished and he's pretty and it, it, it's not you know, he's not all the um, all the, the 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 nasty look to him. He's uh-huh. kind of, he kind of looks heroic. It's like he took him like, like whoever I forget who the artist was. I'm sorry, but it took him. And brought him over because it was the same type of a costume. It was a, a like almost a kind of a tail, a, a, not a tails coat per se, uh-huh. but more of a piratey tails coat, and with the buttons and with the but the extra extra button piece of the epaulets on the sides uh-huh. of, the, of the going down, and then the hairs pulled back and into a ponytail. But it, the thing was, the face was it was pretty much that face, but it was raw. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being pristine, yeah. That I guess that that's so. I mean, there was a lot of drawn. In, it seemed like a lot of drawn influences from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. I'm. So I, I I look at some of these books. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Well, that came from this kind of this. One. I'm old. <laughs> 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 I do lots of comparisons, and I, I, I Doug, if. When afterwards, Doug talks about this, he'll tell you that we've had lots of conversations where I say, you know, I'm tired of seeing the same storyline come up uh-huh. so many different ways because it's just wrong to constantly do the same storyline. Josh Williamson, please find a redemption arc somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, so today's independent comics, please buy them. You see a number one. Give it a shot because mm-hmm. it's worth it. It really is. You'll, you'll, I don't care how bad it is. Sometimes it's a hundred times better than what Marvel's putting out. Same thing with DC. I mean, it, as good as some of this stuff is, mm-hmm. um, there's just as much that's that's as bad. Yeah, you know. Um, it irritates me that they killed off the Vertigo line. Yeah, because that's where DC at least gave people a shot. Yeah, with Vertigo, they gave them an opportunity to, to stretch and do do different stuff. Uh, if they didn't, you wouldn't have Palmati and and Connor working together, a husband and wife team that are great together, working together on something like Harley Quinn. Yeah, and the and the Birds of Prey, you wouldn't get Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have gotten the original Hellblazer for that. You wouldn't have gotten Lucifer. Yeah. And you know that def- definitely would not have been mainstream. Books. Even like modern things right now. I mean, uh, by the time this episode airs, Sweet Tooth will be out on Netflix. Right. I just finished the series last night, and when I tell you, like choking back tears on the final issue of how beautiful that series is, and like its conclusion is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I like, and that you know that was one of the, I guess not the last runs of Vertigo, but it was towards this end okay. now. You know. Yeah. Um, 
hello, Superman, hello. You know, it's <laughs> how, how many books would bring you to tears? Yeah. Really, you know, um, I, I, it, the indies do that more for me now mm-hmm. than the regular books do. Um, the last one that did that, let's see, what was like? It was during the deceased story. Yeah. And I think it was during the last one. And I, I mean, I called what was going to happen. Again, you know, read, read the read the review blog. Go yeah. Back, go back and read some of the older ones. We talk, I talked about deceased and deceased. Um, you know, night and um, the one shots that they did and all the rest of it. But um, I talked about uh, one character who was being set up. To not only be the hero, but to die. Mm-hmm. And um, in the, the second to last issue, it kind of comes to fruition that that's what he's doing. And the last issue is pretty much all about him and what he was doing and how yeah. he did it and why he did it. And, um, you know, he's a nasty, nasty son of a bitch. <laughs> all just, and, and, and not, and not evil, he's just. If you invited him to your house and you gave him three beers and he started to turn into an asshole, you'd kick him out. That's just the way it was, you know. If he was a real person, maybe I wouldn't, you know, because you know, it would just be family. <laughs> <laughs> so all this talk of indies and uh, you know your love of them right now. What would you recommend to someone right now as one of your more favorite ones? Like a instantly pick up the first trade paperback. Check this out right now. I don't do trade paperbacks, mm-hmm. but right now, um, if I had to pick up three over anything else, I will pick up anything that Krista Faust and Mike Deodato are doing. Okay. Okay. They did Bad Mother for AWA Upshot, mm-hmm. and they're currently doing Redemption. Oh, I didn't know that was the same team. Same team. Oh, cool. Uh, Krista Faust writes a very, she writes a strong, wounded, mm-hmm. not, not broken, but just very wounded female lead character. Yeah. Uh, in Bad Mother, it was a woman who is, she's a, a soccer mom. Yeah. Literally a soccer mom. And she runs into people, the first issue, she runs into people that she knew, so she knows she, all her life. And she's just... She hasn't kept herself up because she's taking care of her kids and she's taking care of her husband. Her husband's never home because he works a job that keeps him away from home. Mm-hmm. And he's traveling all the time. And her kids don't need her anymore, so she's pretty much home by herself. So she's bored and she's unhappy. and So she's gotten... She's in the sweatshirts and sweatpants phase that she doesn't really... She just fell into it. But she goes to the grocery store and she runs into these people who are still in, they're still dressed to the nines to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they sit on the equipment and they do five pound presses on the, the bench press. Keeping so, up appearances. No, just, just <laughs> looking good so that somebody will come along and hit them up for a, you know, an afternoon, uh-huh. whatever. You know, it doesn't matter that they're married. It's just that's sort of, the, sort of what she's seeing. Yeah. And then something happens to her daughter. And you see what she turns into. And how she goes from being this depressed woman to being an all-out avenging angel. Mm -hmm. And I read this book and I saw my wife. Not so much the the, the frumpy stuff, but if somebody ever did anything to our kids, uh, you know, she would she'd be out there. You feel she would have a similar call she, to action. She'd be out there with you know, spike-driven baseball bats. <laughs> um, and now Redemption is the same type of a character. Mm-hmm. A, a wounded, not broken, but damaged character. Um, so that, and I already mentioned, well, we always see them when they're dead. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about that book. It's glorious. It looks, it's... It's kind of almost. It looks like it's painted. Yeah, but it's it it's obviously done on uh, on a computer. Mm-hmm. The, the coloring is done on a com- on a computer, but it's it, it's all the art's being done digitally. 
And um, if we have time at the end, I'm going to say something about that. But that's the second. Um, I would, in, a, in an instant. Um, the third one? God. Adventure Man. Adventure Man? From the Dodsons? The Dodsons and... Um, Fraction? Fraction. Oh, yeah. Dear God. The, this book is it's it is glorious in it. If you if you get if you if you have the opportunity and you follow Instagram at all, I would seriously suggest following Terry Dodson's and uh, Rachel Rachel's Inks mm-hmm. uh, Instagram pages because they actually show them pencil themselves penciling mm-hmm. and inking the pages for this. Book. Wow, and it's. You see what goes into it. Their characters look alive. Yes. Like uh, like no other. And they're drawing... For those of you who don't live in New York, mm-hmm. and you want to see what New York looks like today, or it looked like today and looked like in the 1930s, buy this book. Yeah. Please. It's 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 beautiful. It's absolutely good. Buy, buy the, the, hardcover tr- the hardcover trade that came out. It is well worth it. Mm-hmm. It, it's twenty. I think it's twenty bucks. But it's it's a twenty bucks well spent because there's an extra ten pages in it, and it is absolutely glorious yeah. in, in the artwork and the, the the story is phenomenal. The pay the the inking is brilliant. It just pops in your eyes. It's there's nothing that you can say bad about this other than it's not long enough. <laughs> uh, it's a movie on paper. Yeah, it, it truly is. Um, and any, I, I will pick up anything. I'll pick up a cover that Terry and Rachel Dodson do yeah. just because it's that beautiful. Um, I'll even buy a Joshua Williamson book. <laughs> if, do, if the Dodsons, <laughs> the are, on Dodsons the are on the cover. If they've done the cover. If they're on the interiors, you'll read the whole thing, right? <laughs> for, those, for those of you who don't understand my disdain, is that when I was growing up, one of my favorite characters was The Flash. Uh-huh. Uh, Carmine Infantino at the time was drawing the book, and he did stories like Flash of Two Worlds. Um, he did the the first Doctor uh, Professor Zoom, and created some of the most inc- well, not created, but he was involved in the artwork for some of the most incredible characters that ever graced the pages mm-hmm. of DC Comics. And I see them today; they're treated like you know half of them are treated like jokes. Um, so, you know, that's why, that's my disdain for yeah. Josh Williamson. But anyway, that and Redemption Arcs. If, he, if, Wally, if Wally West hasn't redeemed himself by now, he, he, leave, leave, him, leave him in the speed force. <laughs> well, so. thank you for those recommendations. No problem. And, um... We're going to add the, a link in our show notes this week to uh, the blog post that you've written, because you've written for a couple months now, almost nearly a year, I would say, it's, it's, all different it's reviews. It's actually more than a year. And it's, it's all over. It's, it's uh, Dark Knight's death metal. It's these, uh, you know, taking real reviews, writing real, real reviews of some of these small indie books that perhaps maybe people even haven't heard of yet. And... Uh, you know, really runs the gamut of all different kinds of reading that you're doing and reviewing. Yeah, I really want to thank you guys for letting me give me. The oh, thank you. Um, I started off doing these reviews with um, two, um, the Snagglepuss book, mm-hmm. and um, it was two two trades that I did them for. But they were, one of the one of them was Snagglepuss. Yeah, it, it dealt with the uh, that dealt with the. the Whole fifties, sixties, and the um, everything that went on in, uh, in the West Village, McCarthy era stuff, and yeah. with uh, Stonewall and Stonewall, and, yeah, yeah. And then there was the, the other one was it was the same type of it's same same thing. I forget what the review was, but I went from there and just into the regular books, and it was so much fun because yeah. I back in the eighties I wrote reviews, but they were like three or four line reviews. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just decided to let my freak flag show and say, you know, hey, I'm a geek. I, I like comics. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a problem talking about it. 
and you know, I, I understand. I'm not a professional. I just, you know, I just talk like one. <laughs> and you know, if you don't like it, I understand. I have no problems discussing it with you. <laughs> I'm always here, <laughs> telling people that you know they're getting a great deal on some of the books that are on the wall. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious when you do that. It's so funny. <laughs> I got one more question for you. Yep. The Geekery Radio Hour. We always have two songs. You got to throw us to our second song. Pick a second song. First thought, best thought. Okay, The Week of Ends. Please from a cat named Virtue. You got it. Thank you, John. Don't you ever want to play I'm tired of this piece of string You sleep as much as I do now And you don't eat much of anything I don't know who you're talking to I made a search through every room But all I found was dust that moved In shadows of the afternoon And listen Let those kids songs you sing Thens plea from a cat named Virtue, and that was John's pick for our song. Yeah, he was a really good interview. John can, John can talk. He's, he's a, a good, yeah. Candy. He's a good, he's a good interview. I'm glad that we were able to have him back on in like the true format, also because he was one of the first ones that we tried to like figure out a way to do in a Zoom call and stuff, yep. and it didn't, it didn't translate well enough. So it was nice it to really have a proper didn't. interview. Yeah. 
and he's he's just so nice mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> every time i run into him he like remembers me and i, I like anyone who remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't take a lot kaylin does it oh yep nope you very easy to please <laughs> uh-huh. i love coco so hey doug oh before you hey doug me uh-huh. do you know what we watched on disney plus the other day Mm-mm. I watched Raya the Last Dragon. Oh, how was it? Was it was so good. Really? Yes. I keep seeing it pop up and I'm like, Ugh. you it, know how I am about children's movies. It yeah. like, takes me a minute to this like... This one, it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I was really... Like, Pumped on it? Yeah. All right. Um, one of the cool things that I read on IMDb while we were watching it, because of course I can't just watch something. I have to be obsessing over it during... Oh, I listen, I um, understand. I <laughs> Aquafina, understand she plays... Raya, the la- you know, she plays this dragon. She voices the it's dragon. Sisu, I think, is the name, the dragon's name. Okay. She plays the last dragon, the titular last dragon. Fair. And um, I read on IMDb that they gave her free reign to create and speak as the character. Okay. Similar to what they did for Robin Williams when he played the genie in Aladdin. Oh, very cool. And it made me love it even more because she just like babbles and blah, blah, blah. like she's just like yes in like a I very. I love when they do that, and I think it's so much smarter to do it. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have like a frog in my voice. I'm gonna cough a little bit, but I know on it's time to watch the Muppets. You guys kind of spoke on. Gene Wilder getting kind of like free will to do yeah. Willy Wonka. And it's just like you have this like comedic I don't want to say genius as far, but like you have How about these... voice? You hired this comedic yeah. voice, this this persona, this actor who mm-hmm. does this so well, this one thing. Yeah. So like if you hired them, why would you insist that they read your stuff Verbatim. instead of doing their yeah. own thing, which is why you went after Or at them. least not, like, explore it for the most yeah. part. If it's shit, then, yeah, cut it out. And yeah. You have the verbatim script being read, but, like... If you have this brilliant like, comedian... Exactly. These, like, great if, minds. If this is, like, truly, like, talented people, like, let them do their thing. Yeah. Let them, you know, they probably have a better idea of what their character is or little quirks that they can add to them. Absolutely. So, hey, Doug. Hey, Caitlin. What's going on at the shop? We have a lot of great books coming in. This is a weird week now because we're on like this, uh, it's it's a holiday week, you know? So yeah. like, And it's the fifth week of the month, so a lot of great books came in this week. But um, we got this amazing new comic book, and it's an original graphic novel called Cain and Abel. Okay. And I literally ordered it on like art and premise alone, wow. and I cannot wait to read it. We're recording this a little early, so they haven't come in yet, but I'm like, this looks amazing. I would imagine. I mean, these aren't um, characters that are already made. No, no. So I would imagine it would be based on Cain and Abel from the Bible. Yeah, no, it's it's called Cain and Abel because it's written by and created by two guys called Shaky Cain and Krent Abel. Okay, that's so funny. So, comic book wise guys, Cain and Abel serve up a summer ca- summer dump cake of genre busting <laughs> mischief and masked mayhem in, in this oversized anthology of never before published strips. Slip in and out of subconsciousness with the astounding Shield Bug. Surf the flesh wave with black fur in Who Fears the Death Roach. Journey into the sub basement in a gasoline tinged dust mites and ride into the creep zone and night. With Nightmare and Sleepy in the aptly named Creep Zone. I'm like, this book wow. sounds amazing. <laughs> this sounds so weird. I all of those words in <laughs> um, Yeah, that sounds fucking dope. So, when like, does that come out? It comes out this week. Wow. Yeah, it all came right, out well, add yesterday. Add to my fucking I will. list. And when like... we were, like, going through our initial order and, like, figuring everything out for mm-hmm. this month, um, Justin was like, oh, what do you think about this book? And I was like... Oh my god, order so many of them. Like, this sounds like the coolest thing in the world. I love this. He's like, okay. He mostly reads, like, hero books. We could do that for a a book club. Yeah, maybe. We'll read it first. Yeah, I'll read it and see, like, if it has, like, you know. Book club qualities. Yeah, like, if there's enough to talk about there. Because we have, obviously, next month, and I think we have August decided as well. So that might be our September. Yeah. So, for July, we're reading Sandman Volume 1, mm-hmm. as a reminder, and we'll be meeting on August... No, we'll be July. meeting on July 30th. Mm-hmm. And then for August, we're reading We Only Find Them When They're Dead, okay. Volume 1, and we'll be talking about that one on August 27th. Fair. At 6.30. Very in the back cool. Because I feel like it's going to be too hot. 
Yeah. We might do the lake, like, if it's nice out. Just okay. so we could be outside, because who wants to, like, I you know. I love our, like, not for nothing, but, like, we kind of were forced into doing outside mm-hmm. stuff for a while, and it kind of worked out, like, yeah. in the fall and, like, spring months. I loved it in the fall. We yeah. All those hung it's, around. Yes. We had, like, blankets on our laps. We brought cocoa. We were talking like, about that at book club this past week, how, like, we were so, like, just zoomed out, so we were meeting in person, and we were all wearing masks, and the chairs mm-hmm. were so split and everything. Yep. But it was so much nicer than, like, meeting over the internet. Yeah, we tried it and once, and it just really was not great. We were explaining to, like, the newcomers that mm-hmm. we literally sat there in, like, November, and we were all mm-hmm. freezing cold. But, like, we were all so cold, but, like, enjoying the company yeah. that we, like, stuck it out, it you know? It was, like, our, like, kind of, like, escape, because mm-hmm. that was, like, hard COVID times. Yeah. So, like... It was just nice to get the fuck out of the house and, like, mm-hmm. talk to other people than, like, my coworkers and my family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we did it safely, obviously, because no one, you know, got safe. No, yeah. We were all very safe, I would yeah. say. And because this past book club, we were, it was debatable if we were going to meet in, outside or not, but mm-hmm. they were doing the lakeside dining. So it's like, it's already full of people. Like, and let's you know not what? try to add another We thing. did that once before, and it mm-hmm. was kind of, like... I'm I'm a fucking princess. I don't want to park across the street and walk uh-huh. over and whatever. Yeah. I want to park in that parking lot. Yeah, where we I mean? always go. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, take over the area <laughs> in front of the little free library. I'm just lazy as hell. This is all <laughs> I don't want to fucking walk nowhere. I want my car right there so I could like go in and out if I need like a piece of gum or a yeah, tissue. What'd you forget? Yeah, my coffee. My mm-hmm. yeah. But um, yeah. So we'll be meeting on. July 30th for Sandman. I'm really excited to read Sandman. To to be determined on location. Yeah. We'll just let everyone know via social media. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. I hope a lot of people come. Maybe I should say I'm not coming. Oh, Kalen's not going to be there. So, everyone come around. <laughs> and then I'll surprise everyone. Surprise. Well, you better bring treats if you're going to surprise mm, someone. I was going to dress up like Sandman. Oh, okay. I don't know. Adam Sandler dresses. or oh, well, I guess you wear a find out. big old pair of jorts <laughs> and a polo t-shirt, two You're sizes too to big, and to find out. And like what? Like he wears weird shoes too. Like, I'm sorry. Like Hang on. What? Would it not be hilarious to have book club where we're going to discuss Sandman and all dress as different Adam Sandler characters? Oh my god, I kind of love this because. Dressing up like him would be could be so low key. Oh yeah, yeah. I kind of love this. I'm gonna go full little, little Nikki with the <laughs> with the puffy trench How coat. Weird is that? I'm gonna have to do that one. Fuck. All right, I'll have to think about it. You could probably get a Bobby Boucher jersey pretty easily. Well, you know how much I love grown ups. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll do. You're gonna get it chocolate wasted. Yeah, I don't even know his character in that movie's name he's johnny grown-up probably have you watched so like you ever notice when you watch these adam sandler movies like Mm. liz and i just watched on comedy central the other day like accidentally but we didn't turn it off just go with it oh yes you seen that one Mm -hmm. he gives himself the most insane jobs in his movies oh my god he's a plastic surgeon but he's still adam sandler hold on because odd to disagree, because in Blended, he just, like, manages a Dick Sporting Goods mm-hmm. store or whatever. But, like, so Mr. Deeds, he's, like, a pizza maker who owns his own pizzeria. In Fifty First Dates, he's a zoologist who, like, runs an aquarium. Yeah. Like, he has nutso jobs. I think that's, like, fucking beautiful. And he does really smart things, especially with Blended and Just Go With It. Oh, where these they vacation film movies? On location. Yeah, he's yeah. a fucking genius. Fucking the wrong Missy. I'm yeah. sure he was there, too. Yeah. He is a genius for being like, I'm going to gather all my friends together and we're going to make a movie in Hawaii. Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah, like, we're going to rent a big old house and just be in Hawaii. Because, like... For a month. Like, four to six weeks, I would assume. Yeah, you're shooting how many days out of the week and then your other days, you're in Hawaii. Or you're in Africa. Or you're in, like... All of these other great places. He's a places. very, very smart man that makes very, very dumb comedy yeah. movies. But I that's the it. thing, too, that I am, like, so amazed by is he's a plastic surgeon, but it's still Adam Sandler at its core of, like, <laughs> making your weird fart jokes into voice and whatever. <laughs> he brings up her bra in that one. Yeah. 
when that woman's in the and he's gonna fix yeah uh, I, I get what the you're whole saying. thing is so stupid because it's still it's so just stupid, him but i i just love it so much i think i feel like i talk about this all the time because they're like, comfort it's just food like, movies it really is mm-hmm. like that's the shit that my dad watched when we grew up like adam sandler chris farley movies yeah and you just like zone out uh-huh. and you watch adam sandler make his nothing. hibbity dibbity voice <laughs> and then do something silly and he does his shout voice too oh yeah I, I like I when he gets when he gets Drew Barrymore to do it. It's very funny because she still is just like she's just Drew Barrymore in everything she's in. Yes, hundred percent. Like, like <laughs> no one can see, but Doug is definitely side mouth. And... <laughs> All right, well, this has been another episode of the Geekery Radio Hour, Kaylin. Wow, sounds like you're trying to wrap it up. I think I trying might to be kick here. Me out? Yeah. Could you please Fair. go home? I'm tired as fuck. I'm more than happy this to go home. This podcast is based out of a comic book store locate, called The Geekery, located at 19 Little Street in Madawan, New Jersey. The Geekery can be found online at The Geekery NJ. This podcast can be found on social media at The Geekery Radio. And I can be found at uh, Father underscore K. <laughs> at, uh, uh, uh. All right, fuck you. I have been at Dumble Stiltskin. Bye. Bye. We'll see you at the club. Yeah, see you at book club. Bye.